everyone and welcome back to A Conversation with Kez. I'm your host Tony Lonis and shortly the wonderful Kez Wickham St. George will be joining me. But welcome back after Christmas. This is our first show for the new year and in February we will be doing a little bit of a switcheroo and changing the show name to the author and artists hour but in the meantime while we get ready for that launch we're still a conversation with Kez and we're still talking to wonderful amazing authors from across the planet now if you're listening live on Facebook YouTube linked uh, LinkedIn twitch and Twitter see I'm rusty after the holidays <laughs> we have payo ready and waiting online to answer and respond to your comments and questions and provide you with the links to everything that we talk about on the show today particularly the connection to Kez and to our amazing guest if you're not listening to this show you can also catch replays on binge networks TV USA the Tony TV app on all Roku LG and Samsung TVs across the planet and you can also catch us on YouTube when we stream live don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel we want to build our YouTube subscribers across the planet in 2022 now this show is co-hosted by the gorgeous Kez Wickham St George who is an international best-selling author in her own right And besides that, she is now embarking on a bit of a movie career and she's publishing more books and in her spare time, she helps people write amazing books with her coaching and consulting services. Now, each week we uh, talk to authors and our authors, sorry, our author today is no different Lindy Jellyman published her book Tinker Tailor's Toolbooks for Mending Broken Hearts last year and she's passionate about kids' mental health. The book is about a boy called Tinker who so desperately wants to help his sister Emily Bell, a beautiful name for a children for a girl in a children's book, by the way, through a traumatic life event and doesn't quite know where to start. He convinces her to let it, uh, him help her set up a happiness toolbox which she uses to come back to a place of happiness again. The book is presented as a children's picture book and it can be read and enjoyed by all ages. Lindy um, uses it as a mental health well-being resource for kids aged 5 to 105. So not just kids, but adults as well. The story comes with a happiness toolbox activity at the back of the book and works best as a parent or teacher guided activity, working together as a family or indeed as a class. Um, She has also gone on to produce uh, another book, which we'll talk about later in the show. But Lindy also illustrated the book herself using watercolor pencils. And I'm hoping that she has a book we can show you later in the show. And she's done this as a self-funded project via her company, uh, Shine Anything Bright Press, another great name for a publishing house, don't you think? Now, Lindy's also on the show because she wrote a chapter in the Colors of Me anthology, our best-selling anthology with 
which both Kez and I were involved with last year, and her chapter in the book was called Letter from the Lucky One. A quote from the book we'd like to highlight today is, Promise me, Tinker said, take your toolbox, toolbox far and wide. Help other people mend their hearts so they can be strong inside. That's a beautiful quote from the book. Welcome to the show, Lindy. Good morning, Kez. How Good are morning. you both? We are wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me now, on the show. We are delighted to have you on the show, Lindy. And before we jumped on live, we were having a little bit of a chat about the virus situation in <laughs> Australia and what's playing out at the moment. Now, Lindy and I are both in Queensland and bemoaning the fact that since the borders are opened, we have that delightful little virus everywhere. And I don't mean to make light of it. However, I think we really need to uh, laugh in the face of disaster almost because Queensland's gone from uh, relatively wonderful freedom to uh, thinking, well, I might not just go to that party. I might just stay home. And from Lindy's perspective, the kids aren't going back to school straight away. No, so, Lindy, right. <laughs> <laughs> another two weeks. Another two weeks, but um, I've got it all under control. I have a wonderful friend that is actually vacation care to my kids so she's extending and then I'm taking a week holiday so got it covered oh, yeah. <laughs> fabulous yeah okay because that's my uh, first thought uh, by the time you get to as a parent and I've been there by the time you get to week five of a six-week school break <laughs> you're ready for them to go back to school yesterday. Uh -huh. So when it was announced they were delaying the start of the school year, I'm like, oh, my God, the mothers out there will be screaming. So <laughs> I'm so glad that you've got some plans in place, Lindy, yeah. and I'm actually going to welcome you to the show and hand over to the delightful Kez to start off our interview today. It's wonderful to have you here, Lindy, and over to you, Kezzy. Thank you. Hey, Lindy, how are you going? You all good? Good, Kez. Yeah, how are you? Oh, it's so hot. We're having another heat wave, and it's like there's fans on throughout, throughout the house. We don't get the humidity you guys get, but I remember living in New Zealand and the humidity there was shocking. Anyway, it's dry, it's hot, I'm over it. Um, I just want to sit in a big pool of cold water and have this interview, but that's not possible. <laughs> well, it no. could be. <laughs> you hear a lot of splashing <laughs> as people joined me, no doubt. Now, Lindy, we're here to discuss your new book. Um, but I believe it's been out for a wee while, hasn't it? Yeah, well, actually, the um, the first one was actually published in 2020. So, and then um, the second one, so the first one was Tinker Taylor's Toolbox for mm -hmm. Mending Broken Hearts. Yeah, so published in uh, 2020. Um, and then the uh, published the accompany the the book that accompanies it, which is Tinker's Toolbox. So, what that does really is just 
it makes setting up a happiness toolbox super quick and easy and simple mm. and fun. So, yes. I haven't seen them before, but I actually read what you sent me last night and okay. I just love them. I just thought, how clever. Oh, how clever. Thank you. <laughs> I could actually see that, the little badges you've made to go with that little buttons like the happiness button, the gratitude button. I could see them as little badges being worn on people's shirts and it wouldn't yeah, be okay. too bad for adults to wear them as well. Even if, I mean, how would you feel if we saw one of your your happiness buttons, you're walking down the street and there's an adult wearing a happiness or a gratitude or a thank you button. You know, and oh, you, that would be great. You've got to remember <laughs> that, you know, we may have this virus all around the country and, and it is nasty but we still have to be grateful that we are the three of us are speaking today um yeah, and we right. are well we are healthy and right. the virus yeah. is out there and i'm in here um i'd rather be in a pool as i said but i'm in here <laughs> talking to you guys <laughs> so the um what i wanted to ask you about was i met you through the colors of me when i invited you to join us i loved yes. your story i really did oh thank it was, you um, it was, how about I, I said, um, in my questions I wrote, it was it was quite traumatic for me to read. But how did that story, how, after you'd written it, how did it make you feel that you'd actually lived it, written about it, and then it was, was it done, or is it still just a, a memory that comes up and annoys you? It was very cathartic to write it. Um, I have dealt with those things I feel so um, but obviously when I sat down and penned it all all the emotions um, all came up again but um, I've worked on myself a lot and so I really feel that whilst um, it's all part of my history I have recovered from the traumas but I, I just try to let them inform my life and and they've for everything that I've lived through um, and lived through with my mum and my family, everything has made me stronger and everything has made me more grateful for what I have. So um, whilst it was horrible to go through those things, I, I feel like they have shaped my life and made me a stronger mm. and more compassionate person. So, mm. um, yes, have I answered the question? <laughs> yes, you have, beautifully. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I think that um, if we can... Remember the trauma, but look upon it as the past and the healing that's gone on in the future. And we'll carry to go on. Um, hang on, that came out wrong. We'll carry on, not carry to go on. <laughs> we'll carry on. Uh, it's a healing thing, isn't it? But we don't have to yeah. call it. I think once we get the tr through the trauma, um, we literally regurgitate it and put it onto paper. I don't think uh, the feeling is as strong, and that's the healing part of things, you know. And you're also now in the position that if someone else has that problem that they can come to you and say, hey, how did you do it? You know, because I had that happen to me. I've had trauma, and I totally said trauma. And at my age, I now have people coming to me and saying, what did you do? Well, I sat back and I thought, boy, I'm so grateful for the life I've got now. Because yeah. who would have thought, I mean, 20 years ago, we never thought I'd be talking on Tony Radio. I never had any idea. And none of us do what's going to happen in the future. None of us have got yeah. crystal balls. But I think no, right. the, the book you've written, I really do think the book you've written for uh, the children 
is a, it's such a, a huge learning tool for them. I really do. What about you, Tony? Thank you. Yeah, I when I was reading um, about um, Lindy in preparation for this interview, um, I just I was wanted to ask you, Lindy, how do you feel about sharing that story with the audience? Only because it shows the depth and growth that you've had being on the other side of that trauma. Um, do you feel open to sharing that because it, it really did affect your life? I am open to sharing that. I did publish it under a, um, a pen name because yes. at the time I was a bit sceptical and I wanted to protect, um, I suppose, my, my family from anything. But I, I don't think there is anything to protect. It is my story. It is what happened. Um, and yes. I, the reason why I wrote it was if for anyone to read it, to if they'd gone through something similar, just to realise that you can overcome. I mean, I'm the happiest I've ever been and I've been through some pretty tricky situations. So, um, yeah, I am pleased that I have written it and I'm pleased I'm more than happy to share. Um, yeah. Um, and it is that uh, idea and Kez and I often talk about this because we've both had, had trauma in our, in our lives and the thing is that once you actually share or talk about that trauma it ceases to have power over your life whilst it's secret and not talked about and not in the open that's where the problems live and that's that's where mm. people don't get over trauma is where they don't yeah. talk about it and not necessarily write about it but in the writing about the trauma that helps so many other people yeah. go oh okay i'm not mm. alone other people have suffered they do get through it the pain ceases right. um, and mm. it just becomes like a, a scar that, 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 yes, you've been there, done that, the scar remains, but you actually, on the other side of trauma, life is often much better than you ever thought it could be, isn't it, Lindy? Absolutely. As I said, I am really the, the happiest I've ever been and uh, my not, life is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. No, but... no. <laughs> um, I think it's just everything, um, the traumas I have lived through have really made me a very grateful and present person. Yes. And, um, so, uh, yes, I am happy. Yeah, they have definitely made me stronger and happier in a way I couldn't have imagined. <laughs> I also see that you've become a poet. When did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my hand at anything, Kev. <laughs> oh, good for you. I do too, actually. <laughs> yes, yes oh, she I does. Didn't... She does indeed. I've been writing on an awful little snippet um, since I was 13. So when I got um, a nudge to uh, contribute something to the uh, globalisation anthology, I thought, oh, I'll have a go. And, um, <gasps> Who's that published so, by? That was uh, from published by. It's a book by compiled by Kelly Van Nelson. Oh, Kelly, um, right? Oh, yeah. And published by MMH Press. So that yeah. also came. Uh, who out. else would publish it? <laughs> <laughs> that name's that name's very famous. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that came out. That came out Beautiful. last year. Yes, and I have a copy of that. Yeah, but I didn't. Were you writing under your pen name then? I didn't see your name in the book. 
All right, under Lindy Gilliman. Ah, uh, um, yeah, this one I pick it up. <laughs> and um, the poem was called Gay as Lament. So it was basically the earth appealing to her, her children, us, <laughs> to live in yeah. harmony with yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah. a joy to write. <laughs> yes, yeah. So now you're a poet. You've actually put something into the anthology that a friend of my, uh, a co-author of mine and um, we put together. So you're well and truly published author, aren't you? And now this beautiful children's book. And it just, you know, reading it yesterday, because I, I talked to a lot of children's authors, reading your book yesterday really sort of um, it took me back. I, I love watching how people relate to kids. And your yeah. book was certainly relatable. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the toolbox is amazing. Thank you so much. So it's really just a starting point. So a person can have um, their own toolbox, but it's just a starting point. So it could be like a conversation started with families about where, where do you start with working on your mental health and just to build from there. So, yeah. I'm so glad that there are authors like yourself writing from the mental health perspective of children so that it's becoming part of a childhood conversation rather than Absolutely. an adult conversation so that mm. they grow up thinking my mental health is important and I need to protect it just like my body health. Mm. That's right. It's just, it's Very just as important. important. Equally important. Is, yeah. yeah. For sure. And so, Lindy, yeah. How does tell tell the audience? <clears throat> excuse me. How does the how does the book work with the toolbox book? Now, that was what I found interesting. How do you? How would you expect a young child between two upwards to put it together? Okay. So the book, the first book, is just a story. So that can be read. Um, in yep. a classroom or with a parent and then yep. at the back it's a very very basic guide as to how to set up a happiness toolbox so um <gasps> look at that yeah yeah just to find the bit at the back um yep. it's very basic it's only about two to three pages and what i found is that a lot of people were reading reading the book but not actually doing the activity so I thought yeah. oh, well how can I make this super super easy so that's that's the instructions on how to make it but um so I thought I'll make it super easy and just because I had put a website together with lots of resources so yeah what you've got got now what you've got now in this book is just it's that everything is there so <gasps> all you need all you need is a box and stationery that you have at home and a few stickers yeah. And if you're mm -hmm. a teacher, you can cop photocopy these and mm -hmm. put the whole class mm -hmm. and they can each set up their own toolbox. If you're a parent, I mean, you can let the child, you can do that as well, or you can let the child yeah. just cut it straight out of the book and stick it on the toolbox. And uh, I meant to say, you also need a couple of journals. So there's a gratitude journal, yeah. there's a happiness, there's a happy book, there's um, a happiness project planner. So you can take this as, um, as far as you want to go or just keep it very, very simple mm -hmm. uh, with just a few of your um, personally, well, your favourite tools just put in there and customise it to what you like. So it's just very easy to put together. 
Mm, cut it out, yeah. paste it, and yeah. there's a lot of um, little templates there, bucket lists, um, all sorts of things. But yeah, it makes it super quick and easy. That's it. And you just Lindy. mentioned a project planner for a happiness project planner. So um, that's for the super keen people. <laughs> <laughs> So if you know, um, you think, oh well, the couple of projects I've done have been fun. How you know what else can I do? How far I can take it? So um, you just put it together. Um, as per, I'll just get to that page. So um, where are we? Here we go. So that's what goes on the front of the journal. Having this project planner, and then there's just a few project ideas there that you can. Copies, so a couple oh. of them, a family conversation jar, a hundred acts of kindness project, happy thoughts jar, happiness playlist, resilience playlist, calm playlist. So it's just, it's just suggestions. Um, calm down kit, uh, happiness reading list, oh. conversation, uh, quick challenge cards. There's all sorts of things. There's oh. a love language, love language test. Um, I like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dream board conversations. There's all sorts of things that sort of um, extend what the toolbox has, and then um, there's a template where you can just plan. So you just write, decide which one you want to do, and then you make a plan and sit with your family and um, kind of talk about the steps you need to take. Yeah, what's that one? Amazing. <laughs> it's so well planned out, Linda. There's um, you put a lot of thought into it. Um, I was reading them last night on screen and I just thought, you know, um, I read a children's book. It wasn't that detailed. But when you think what you've put into this time, the time and, and the, the beautiful artwork, it, it's just worth buying the book for the artwork. It's, they're just gorgeous. Yeah, no, they're lovely. They really are lovely. It's a gentle, it's so a gentle flow. Um, it's not demanding. Uh, some some books um, are done by rote, especially children's books. I have found, and being an ex-teacher, um, I was taught by rote. So when I became got my teacher's degree and walked into a classroom, the first thing I wanted to do was teach by rote, and I had to sort of knock that to the sideways and realise these are actual many different people with many different minds. And that's what your book is encouraging: is using the brain the way the child wants to not uh, demanding or by rote. And I just think you've done a fabulous yeah. job. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much. Mm. Yes, well done, Lindy. And speaking of childhood, you actually grew up in South Africa and we have so many ex-South Africans living in Australia and they bring mm. such a rich diversity to Australia. But it's a long way uh, from a childhood in South Africa to suburban Brisbane um, life. <laughs> what was the shift like for you, Lindy? Well, there's been several shifts. So I was actually born in Zimbabwe. So whilst I got married in South Africa, yes. Zimbabwe is just the country right above South Africa. So that's where yes. I was um, raised. And that's what I um, have written about in the story, Letters from mm -hmm. the Lucky One and the yeah. Colors of Me. Um, but, so my first shift was at age 21. I moved to London um, and uh -huh. I lived there for 12 years. 
with my husband, who's also from Zimbabwe. And then my second yeah. shift was to Brisbane in 2008. Ah. So, so it was a bit of a stepping stone. But had I gone straight from Zimbabwe to Australia, there are so many similarities. We even have the same trees. We've got jacaranda. Yes. Um, you yes. Know, and the, yeah. <laughs> um. the uh, beautiful the poinciannas and all of that. And um, similar climate as well. Yeah. So um, it would have been a very easy yeah. jump from Zimbabwe to to Brisbane. Um, um, my brother did that jump pretty much because he married a um, a girl from yes. uh, North Queensland and they settled in Brisbane, which is why yeah, we ended up yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but the shift from London to here. Um, That's a big one. It's a big one because we, we spent so long there and we had lots of friends and family. So it was hard, but we made the decision for our, at the time, unborn children because we just wanted something yes. similar to what we had growing up in terms of climate and you know, open spaces mm. and, and that sort of thing. So we, um, we just love, we absolutely love living in Brisbane. It's a wonderful place to raise a family. And um, although I grew up on a big farm and I had so much space to roam and I'm now in this tiny little suburban house, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still there are yeah. so many lovely places to go and lots of open spaces and I just I just love the lifestyle here fantastic yeah yeah very great it's kind of Brisbane's relaxed and pretty easy going really yeah it's a great great place a wonderful community I can imagine that um, South Africa would be stunning as well I have never been to South Africa but um I had many many South African friends actually Many over here on Perth, yes. and yeah. they've yes. shown me photos of their home country. Um, it's beautiful. It, mm. It's it's stunning. It really is. I mean, you know, when, when I come from a volcanic um, country, which is New Zealand, so our sand yeah. is grey or black. We don't have white or gold sand. So I first landed here in, in WA, and, and I was gobsmacked at coming to Rockingham and seeing the pale, pale beaches and the palm trees in the Asia Sea. And then I saw photos of South Africa. So it would have been the same for you. It would have been well, the beautiful blonde beaches. Well, in South Africa, so we'd have to travel for there because we'd have to travel south. So Zimbabwe itself, which used to be southern Rhodesia, is a landlocked country. Yes. But my okay. dad had a car my dad had a caravan and um my our family had a caravan and we used to go on um these amazing caravan holidays down to South Africa to the Trans Sky, which was just these incredible sweeping white sandy beaches and they were just mm. I've just got such wonderful memories of that. It was just amazing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bit of a drive to get there, but it was weird. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's, that's what they say on Australia. It's called wait a while and over here at WA because it takes us so long to get anywhere. <laughs> it's a huge drive. It really is. Go down to the local shops and you pack a lunch. It's just a big drive anywhere. It really is. Yeah. Look, I'm just, I'm just looking at your story that you put into the colours of me. We're going to switch tracks from back to the colours of me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and at the end of your story, you've got with so much gratitude, your ever loving Lindy Wee Nalala. What is Nalala? <laughs> okay, I'll read that in. Um, let me get to it. Lindy Wee 
and Tlatla, which means uh, basically the lucky one. Ah, right. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And is, and is that as like, what would you call the language in South Africa? Uh, so, is it Africa? The South African language is Zulu. So, the African language is Zulu. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was north of South Africa, um, but south of Zimbabwe, which is where I so I grew up just above South Africa, uh-huh. just there. And that yeah. language then changed from Zulu to Indebele. But um, so I grew up trying to learn how to speak the language. So I got as far as saying, it's just a beautiful language, but I never actually learned it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as I got. Yeah. Now, and when I, I read your story. I love of the language. It's so musical oh, and beautiful. Yeah. And the people were just mm. gorgeous, mm. just wonderful, yes. resilient yeah. people, beautiful. Yes. I just, mm. I'm very, ins- and always have been inspired, particularly by African women, because they're just such. They're the strongest people I've ever met, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and they had so what inspired me about growing up there, and um, they had so little, but we're grateful for so much. So um, yeah, great inspiration. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, in my travels, I've come across quite a few Zimbabweans, and I found the woman, the woman there, uh, tall and stately, and they dress beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yes. you know, the ones I have actually met, uh, and, and I've never visited the country, but the ones I've met when I have been travelling, um, yes. there's something about them, isn't there? There's just something about <laughs> yes. them that, that you, you, you want to think, oh, my God, some of the charisma, you know, because you know, I look upon myself as I'm a Kiwi Aussie, um, and, you know, Tony's an Australian, this, and, and we're very relaxed and very casual. It's like, yeah, mate. But, yeah, it's... Some of the some of the women I've met from Zimbabwe itself are just oh. they're full of grace. Yeah. And the way they walk and the and they 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 hold themselves. Yeah, it's amazing. They're like little models. You know, I, yeah. I just um, they're amazing. So well yeah. done growing up there and trying to learn the language. Some of my <laughs> friends are from South Africa. Didn't get very far. <laughs> you learned something. I mean, I know a little bit of Maori. It sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah it did. It's musical. <laughs> Yeah, imagine all the oh, all the different countries, um, all the different languages that are spoken in South Africa is amazing. Yeah, I don't know how many there are. There's so many, mm. and yeah, but they're be- yeah beautiful. My favourite is the Zulu and the the Indibele, which is mm. my region of my birth. <laughs> What's that to be? Yeah, and, it's uh, amazing. So yeah, yeah, I really wanted to ask you that question. What that meant? Now I know. I'll never be able to say it correctly, but I can, it's almost, I can hear it in my brain. Oh, yeah. It's hard to say. You've got to put wind, you've got to say it in slash last. So it's like you put uh, wind between your teeth. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll practice it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I won't embarrass I mean, no one actually calls me that. It was just, a, I just thought it was a nice way to sign off the story because I just, that's, that's what I feel in my soul. Is yes, I, I, yes, that's the language you of my the, lucky one. the origin yeah. of my birth. But I just, I just feel, despite everything, all the things that have happened in my life, I just feel mm. so inc- incredibly lucky. I mean, I was born into such an amazing family. My mom was just, um, just the most wonderful woman. 
I've ever met. And, um, yeah, so I just, I do, and well, I have always and still do feel very lucky. And I think I, I did actually mention something in the story about how there was a phrase that I've grown up with, and that was um, as a result from my near-drowning incident when I was uh-huh. 18 months old. Um, so I was given... So when in the story, I talk about three traumas. So the first, mm-hmm. so I talk about um, there's the drowning. I'll do it in the right order. Um, the drowning, the attack, and the accident. So yeah. the drowning um, was when I was 18 months old, and we were staying at a, mm-hmm. a, a hotel in the Gwai River region, which is near Bulawayo, which is the capital city in the south of the country in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, long story short, um, I fell into the swimming pool. But they didn't have pool fences in those days. And um, so yeah. by my calculation, or my family's calculations, I was face down for about 10 minutes. And then I, they gave me, the, um, I was given mouth to mouth for 15 minutes. So by all accounts, I shouldn't be here today. And ah. um, But what my mum said, she would say, She'd tell me when no one was um, around or listening, and she'd say, "I know people will think I'm mad, poop." She used to call me poop, not my favourite name, but because she called it me. Oh, <laughs> we all get names. That. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, she said, "I know people wouldn't believe me, poop, but you died. You died, uh-huh. and um, I prayed, and you were given back to me. And Beautiful. so you are. You are so lucky to be mm. here." And we are so lucky to have you. And I just, I feel so grateful to have been raised on those, those two sentences because I have mm. always felt so, so lucky to be here and, yes. um, and so appreciated because I've, um, my family have um, always made me feel like I'm, that they are so lucky to have me. So, um, oh, and, and it's been, um, and I do actually, I will be writing a, a children's book based on that on mm. on that experience uh, because mm. I want every child to feel that they are so lucky to be here and and the world is so lucky to have them. Um, <laughs> yes. Maybe we should write a book yes. on the parents being grateful for the children. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sam needed it's that you know when I see see some of the, the reactions at the mall, which I very rarely go to, but yeah, it's like, you know, please read a, a happy book, so it puts you in a better mood. <laughs> Especially in our schools have been extended, everybody's going ink. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Lindy. Um... Sorry, Tony. I was just going to say, there's a really special reason why you started into uh, writing children's books. Can you tell us, tell the audience about that? It's a special story. Um, okay, so the reason I started writing was um, I hadn't really dealt with my traumas and then I, motherhood came with its own adventures, which landed on top of that. And uh, the result of that yeah. was I got very ill in 2014-15. And so I, through different types of therapy um, and different I was just trying different things lifestyle choices I started to write and um, mm. the story Tinker Taylor's toolbox um, 
it was just great healing for me just to write and that's what I recommend anyone that's going through a tough time find your creative outlet yeah. because it it really is very healing to be able to do that mm. and um so then the story was inspired by my my niece Ellie who um had that's another story um she had some yes she had an acquired brain injury and she I just really wanted to help her. She had oh. some um, mental health issues surrounding that and she's just such a beautiful girl and uh, mm. I just felt so helpless that I couldn't help her. So um, the toolbox yes. kind of came out of that. It was my, my contribution, I guess, to I'm thinking of you, I didn't know what to do and this is a story that's been inspired by you. So, yes. And so yeah. she's very... Uh, happy that I dedicated the book to her. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful book and it's a lovely story. <laughs> Thank you. And did and it, as it, Tony it, asked, did it you know, the your writing adventure, it's obviously worked healing you. Absolutely. Um and I I just started writing about everything and yeah, and then yeah. I've just I suppose drawn to the because I've always loved kids and I've got kids of my mm. own and I just thought I, everything that I've learned through different traumas there's little things that I've learned that can make a big difference so mm. um, and that can be applied to, to childhood um, mm. and I wish I had had tools when I was little to mm. be more resilient and yes. um, you know whatnot so um, yeah so it was great it was just wonderful to find that that um, outlet and that, that it helped me with my healing. Um, mm. Yes, it's a wonderful discovery. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know the feeling. I'm writing a book myself. It's my book, my story, and the things that have come up, and I think I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten all about <laughs> that particular feeling or, or that. And and yeah. you know, the thing is, I find when I'm writing, I find that. Um, the writing, as I get more aggro about the situation, my writing gets faster. <laughs> it's just about steam coming off the keyboard. I stayed up till midnight last night trying to finish off a chapter, and I thought, I wonder if anyone else feels like this. You know, I'm writing and writing, and I was really angry about the situation, but I actually felt the anger again. I'd gotten over it, but the anger it remembered me. It remembered my body. It just was yes. like... My fingers were flying, and but when I reread it, it was absolute nonsense. I thought, well, that's going to be tossed out. So, you know, <laughs> when you when you've um, yeah, your your story and the cause of me was very deep. Well done for going in there, opening that Thank door. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big thing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And Tony, you've no. written a book, Resilience. <laughs> Yes, um, my just this shows about um, Lindy's experience, but yes, just the writing about the trauma is um, something that is not just cathartic for the writer, but it should also be helpful for the person that reads it. And sometimes in the writing of the trauma mm. you'll encounter people who read the book who haven't done their own healing so their response to what you write can be quite negative 
And that's simply because of the Mm -hmm. own unhealed trauma in their own lives. And so it took me quite a while to realize that that would be the case. Um, And and it was a lesson in empathy, understanding, and a further lesson in healing and trauma and how it doesn't always play out to a certain time frame. And there will be people that pass without the healing from the trauma that they needed to heal from. And Mm. that's a sad thing, which, like, it brings me back to your book, um, Lindy, and that desire to circumvent some of the damage that can be caused by unhealed trauma. Because I know from research that trauma in itself... Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be damaging, um, but it becomes damaging or harmful, if you like, if it's mm-hmm. not dealt with or y- you don't right. work through those processes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it it's a two-pronged thing. And I'm wondering... Um, what the response you received from your chapter in The Colours of Me? Well, I haven't asked an awful lot of people, but the people close to me that read it, most of them cried. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially, um, so my brother, for instance, because he didn't realise yes. the extent of the mental health issues that went along mm. with it because I did suffer in silence. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the so there were three parts that I talked about. There were three traumas. So the first one was the drowning. Yeah. Um, so yes. that actually was in a way a blessing in my life, but came with its own issues. So fear of water, um, some potential. Yes. Um, there was an acquired brain, brain injury found many years ago, and I think it was from that. Yes. Um, so it would have an impact yes. to learning and um, you know. Most, yeah. Absolutely. So the, the second trauma was uh, when I was three, our house got attacked in the um, sort yes. of the guerrilla war that was happening yes. in the yeah. against Mugabe. And so that still remains uh, in the form of fear, extreme fear of lightning. So because mm. uh, after yes. the attack, every time there, there was a, a, a lightning storm, I would just run under my bed because I thought it was yeah. going to But mm. the trauma that's really... Um, stayed with me the most, I suppose, was the at the age of nineteen, um, my car accident. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, and then the, yeah. the subsequent court case with sort of fighting the Zimbabwe mm-hmm. system, <laughs> legal system. Yeah. So yeah, yes. that that was um, probably the biggest because when you have been responsible for the ending of a human life, yeah. you never really mm-hmm. get over that. I mean I've, I've I've worked through it, but um, yes. how can I say? It stays yeah, it's with just, you, though. It, it does stay with you. and um, mm. But yeah. I have made my, at the same time, I have made my peace with it because I, I um, had to for my own sanity. Yeah. So, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so on that note of the, if that has had the biggest impact on my life is that, and yeah. and having to kind of stand up for myself and um, you know fight the legal system at the age of nineteen, it was pretty 
pretty confronting. Yeah, um, what Especially that age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. There's nothing I could have done. There was a very mm. old man who just yep. stepped in front of the road. Um, and yes. I hit him and, um, and yes. he died. So, yeah, that was pretty full mm. on. Um, but and it taught 19... me so much about myself. It just went into such an introspection. And, yes, it wasn't great. Mm. And I had some big mental health issues. Um, many years yeah. after yeah. that um, but yeah. I feel coming out of all that the whole experience really shaped me and taught me really who I wanted to be um, um, and yes. so it's um, not weird how that happens Linda it's the trauma yeah. teaches you who you want to be you sort of come out of it you think well I'll try this and I, I'm very proud of you uh, for coming this Thank far you. and writing mm. the story and Thank then so writing a children's story and writing a children's tour book. Um, yes. Maybe you should write an adult tour book as yes. well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I will. I did start, um, yeah, I did start done, one yeah. and I, I, I will finish it. But, um, yeah, I definitely yes. have started it because there were amazing things that happened in Zimbabwe. I mean, it, it was such such a unique way of growing up and um, mm. I still have such a love of the, of the the country and the wildlife. I had so many unique wildlife yes. experiences. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to say still. <laughs> What's Linda, do you, outside of, outside of a global pandemic, do you get back to country very often? Do I get back to? Do you get back to South Africa and Zimbabwe very often? Um, no. Outside of a global pandemic? Um, personally, I haven't. My husband has because his I don't have family left there. My family moved yeah. to New Zealand. So yes. New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand. That's easier. That's much easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that is much easier. Um, so, But my husband ordinarily would be seeing his family a lot more so that's for us and I would be seeing my my dad a lot more so for us that's been the hardest thing from the pandemic not being able to see our parents and our siblings Mm. uh, particularly Mm. well for me I mean obviously hard for for Gary and his family but for me I lost my mum in Mm. 2020 from Alzheimer's um so I wasn't able to go and to her funeral and dad um, yeah. hasn't been able to be with his family with all with us. He's yeah. got um, my brother who lives yeah. in Christchurch, but he hasn't been able to be with his other two children. So that's been really hard for him. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So, mm. But New Zealand's are um, yeah. closer to get to anyway, isn't it? I know, yes, and I'm very yeah. grateful for that. And um, yeah. I just yeah. look forward to us being able to do that. Very soon. Oh, the bubble will be back <laughs> up soon. You'll be able to come. Don't know when, but yeah. yeah. It'll be, it won't be too far Sometime away. soon, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? No, we, <laughs> we don't know. We keep up. saying that. We said that, you know, at the end of 2020, we said it again uh, last year, and then bang, look where we are now. So I just like thinking, well, what will be will be, and hopefully yeah, one fine. day we'll be able to travel in a way that's, you know, relatively safe for, for people to travel. Um, mm. Before we run out of time, Lindy, can yeah. you tell people 
the best place to get your book and how they can connect with you? Ah, okay. Uh, well, the first book is on Amazon, so that will be yep. the easiest place to get it. So Tinker okay. Taylor's Toolbox for Mending Broken Hearts is on Amazon. Um, I yep. did release the next one. Um, I'm self-published, and I had lots of things going on yes, last yes. year, so I, <laughs> I released yes. it quite quickly. Um, and it, it yep. appears up on most of the the other websites, uh, but not Amazon. But um, it comes on ah. Fish Pond, Booktopia, um, yes. most of the other yes. um, book retailers. Mm. So, and I will be yeah. um, popping a. Uh, there's a also a. Um, there is an ebook for the first one, and there's one coming yeah. for this one, which will make it great because you just download the ebook and then just print it, yes. and you can then photocopy and, it, use it in a classroom, and yeah. So, um, yes. And Lindy, are they available on your website? Uh, they are available on my website. Both of them are, are available. Mm -hmm. And that my website is uh, lindydelliman.com. And I also have cool. uh, Facebook and Instagram pages under that name as well. Okay. And you encourage people to reach out and talk to you about about your children's books in particular and all the colors of me um oh, Kez, we should probably yeah. mention where yeah because where can people get the colors of me which has lindy's chapter in it oh mmh press has them uh yes. they can reach out yep. to lindy um and she can buy them through mmh press and send them on yes. or yeah or they can yep. just apply to mmh press it's on amazon as well and it's on uh is it Goodreads and it's on Booktopia? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say any of those Amazon places, Booktopia. Yeah. But, you know, and, and any yeah. advice to the listeners is if you want to have a little bit of a chat to Lindy and find out how, where and why, um, it's always nice to contact the author. And um, I was going to say authors are pretty good at talking yeah. to people who are interested in, in writing yeah. or yeah. interested in um, their own books. And, Lindy, I'm guessing that um, with your own publishing house, you'll continue to publish your own books um, as well? Absolutely. I've got so many that I have either started writing or just have an idea that I want to write. And um, yeah, so I'll be tackling a couple of projects this year. Um, there's so many to choose from. I'm not exactly sure, but I... Um, with my experience <laughs> as a mum, I am very um, interested in um, and passionate the kids about books. kids and advocating for neurodiversity. Both my kids have yes. additional needs in some way, shape, or form. So neurodiversity is something close to my heart. So I really yeah. am yeah. hoping to get um, two books out this year in that Lovely. in that genre. Well done. <laughs> Well done, yeah, which well is not done. helped by kids not going back to school just yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. To put it all on hold or just write uh, five minutes at a time. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Linda, do you think that you'll write any more adults' books? For sure. Or is your thought... children's books your absolute love? I think children's books are my first love because they yes. are, for one thing, they're quicker to write. Yes. 
But I think with the adult books, you can really delve into important issues and, you know, yeah. um, make people feel like they're not alone, which I love. Yeah. So, yes. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure when the next adult, when my first solo adult book will come out, but it'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, a matter of time. Sometime down the track. Yeah, well, yeah. Before we go, oh. don't forget to send me those books so I can do some PR with them. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yes, I will definitely do that. I just Good. wanted to say, actually, my first adult book will probably be the memoir of uh, of my mum. Yes. So my mother had, as I said, Alzheimer's, and her name was Bundy yeah. because she was out of five children. She was the first child to be uh, born in the Bundu, in the bush, so she got oh. this nickname Bundy, so that stuck. Her real name was Cynthia, very posh, and didn't really suit her. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Wendy Stark and she's an absolute legend. And um, but she ended up getting Alzheimer's, and so the book's called Sons. Unforgettably, Unforgettably Bundy. Okay, uh, beautiful. Yeah. Words, oh, but, oh um, beautiful. So I don't know when that'll be out, but I've got quite a good, got the bones of it, but I, I'm not sure mm, when yeah. that'll be out. But watch the space. Oh, okay, well look done. at you through all the trauma to a shining star. Well done. Thank you. Lovely thank ladies. You so um, Lindy, thank you so much. We are um, out of time already. I can't believe the first show has gone so quickly. Lindy, number one, thank you for sharing with us your journey um, and your beautiful children's books. I encourage everyone to jump on to Lindy Jellyman, J-E-L-L-I-M-A-N.com and check out Lindy and her work there. Kaz Wickham St. George, I is my privilege to host this show with you each and every week. And as I mentioned, uh, Kaz and I will be transitioning to a uh, new show, uh, same time, uh, similar content, but we're just going to uh, revamp things a little bit into 2022. And if you're an author out there listening to this program, please connect with Kaz or I and ask about being on the show and if you're an artist we would absolutely love to talk to you lindy gentlemen thank you so much for your time and telling us about your books cares wiggum st george i can't wait to talk to you later in the week and that my friends is your lot for this week we will see you all next week bye, bye, for, bye now. for now bye bye thank you so much bye bye